Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, I got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! Hey, hey, hey! It's fun of it! Go ahead, Jake. Are you on the stream? Can we see you? Stop that. Don't be trying to fake me out. I knew you weren't on the stream. <laughs> Learning from each other while we do our thing. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Here comes Joe. Hey, Joe, what you know about that hey, fat out? Y'all, y'all having way too much fun, man. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, we try to have some fun on the show, man. You can't live life being a party pooper and a Debbie oh, Downer. No. Man. Not at all. <laughs> Somebody didn't wake up today. Yeah, I mean, who don't who don't love a party? I mean, how how can you be like, you know what? I don't love a party. Come Man, on. Joe, <laughs> Joe, what are you what are you doing these days? And then we'll get we'll get into the Colts. Uh, right now, I you know, like I mentioned earlier in the interview, uh, I'm running a youth organization, and also um, I have a uh, income tax service that I've been um, involved with uh, for the last past eight years, and um, also, just uh, looking at other uh, adventures, like getting into the logistics side of, of the um, entrepreneurship and uh, logistics. Okay, so that tax, if somebody wanted that, that's listening, because we got listeners worldwide, or just not in Lincoln. So if somebody wanted to get their taxes done, is it a website? Is it something going on? Or they wanted their kid to play for the DW? The DFW Ravens, what do they need to do? Uh, well, they need to get in contact with me. Okay. <laughs> now, I, who gave who, Somebody gave their phone number. Who was that that gave their phone number over the phone? Oh, Tony Velen. I told Tony, you can get your phone number out over the, over the airways, but whatever comes to you is on you. Yeah, I'm not giving my phone number okay. out. Okay, uh, all right. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 if they, they don't want to try to get in contact with me, uh, it would be best, you know, reach out to you guys, the radio station, and and therefore, you know, if it's something I want to entertain, I will uh, get back in contact with them, whoever that may be. All right, so you heard it from Joe Walker himself. Sider Heyman text line is open. If you got any questions, 464-5685. The Honda of Lincoln hotline is the exact same number if you want to call and air out whatever you want to air out on the radio. Listen, it's a free-for-all. This is what we do. So, Joe, playing for the Colts, 
How was that? Man, it was uh, it was it was a great experience. I mean, I got a chance to play with uh, well, three pro bowlers. Uh, not well, not pro bowlers. I mean, Hall of Famers. Uh, that is uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Andrew James, and uh, Marvin uh, Harrison. Uh, and it was a great experience, and also a Hall of Fame coach with uh, Tony Dungeon. You know, oh, yeah. In that environment around such phenomenal players and and great coach it was uh it was a great experience for me as, as a young man was Peyton Manny still sour or did you even Peyton, talk about it uh, you know what it was so funny <laughs> so this guy he gave me a when I, well let me tell you first what happened okay so when I first got to Indianapolis, uh, and I walked walked into the locker room, you know, uh, Peyton Manning came up, introduced himself to me. He was like, "Hey, how you going?" You know, Peyton Manning. I was like, "Hey, how you going?" I'm Joe Walker. He like he stopped and Paul, uh, "Does Joe Walker from Nebraska, number twenty five? So I'm like, uh, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember you." Uh, yeah. So he just got the this you know, ran. We're talking about. The, the the national championship game <laughs> and he knew who I was. I'm like, oh wow, this man still remember this. So I guess that's how intense he 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 is when it coming when when it comes down to studying the game because you know that was a big moment of his career, last game of his college career, and then I'm sure he put a lot of time and effort into studying our defense, and he still remembers me from that game which is was years later you know so that kind of just gave me a different perspective on on Peyton Manning at at that time and that you know I had a lot of respect that like wow this man is real serious about you know the game of football that he really studies it that much amazing it was you know it's it's what's funny is he was the keynote speaker at a teammates event. I think it's a couple of years ago, and you know, quite naturally, if he's the keynote speaker, I'm kind of behind the scenes, and you know, you get a chance to take your picture with him, and they say you can't say anything about the the game, and I'm like, what? Like, I wanted to talk so much stuff to Peyton Manning, like, you know, I really did because here it is, twenty some years later, and here he is in my face, and I want to be like, Peyton, did y'all really think y'all was gonna win? Did you? What What was y'all thought process? Like, I want to interview Peyton Manning, just ask him what was his thought process when it was the fourth quarter and y'all were getting shellacked, and you knew you were gonna lose. What was your thought process at that point? Mm-hmm. It'd have been nice. Yeah, hey, yeah, so that been a good, good conversation. I mean, man, yeah, that'd been a great conversation because what? I mean. Like how you asked me the question, what was my big moment, uh, my college highlight? A lot of time when it comes to it, players only – you play so many games. But the highlight games are the games like the national championship or the Super Bowl. You know, those games stick with you for a lifetime. You, you, you're going forever remember those games. So I'm sure, you know, that would have been a great conversation to have with him because he most definitely – remember that game oh yeah i mean <laughs> and that's why i wanted to ask you about that because it's just funny that they would tell us here a couple of years ago not to say anything about the game and then you know 
But then you say, okay, yeah, he re- not only did he remember the game, but he remembered me. That meant he did a bunch of film study and he knew what we had and they still couldn't stop it. That's when you're playing football. Mike Knight said, ask Joe if he's still riding those horses in the middle of the highway down in Texas. Yes, I am. I'm 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 a country uh black cowboy now, so uh <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I mean Texas, a black we, got, we got a lot of lot of field and, and, and a lot of highways, so you know, I'm riding yes, I it, am still riding horses down. How'd road. you become a black cowboy, Joe? Because you wasn't a cowboy ten years ago. I mean You was I'm a, a city boy. slicker. I'm, now you're a country boy now all of a sudden, but you was a city slicker ten years ago. Now in your older age, all of a sudden you 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 got you got horses. What kind of horses you riding, Joe? Well I got I got an American style of bread. Um I mean it's Texas. I mean you talking about cows and horses when you think about Texas. But, you know, it's uh I always had I always Always had like was infatuated by horses as a kid, so it was something that I was always intrigued about. So you know, once I got older, ain't much you can do. You can't play basketball no more because your knees are bad. You can't play no flag football. You can't be doing no physical activity at all. So you could do some push-ups. You could do some push-ups. <laughs> That's the only thing I feel that I can do at the point. Ride horses or play golf. How Other listen, than. you and Warfield and a bunch of you guys always playing golf. Who's the best out of the group of former Huskers that is who's the best? Because because tomorrow Warfield's probably gonna be on the golf course when we call him. So we're gonna do the interview right from the golf course. In between him walking around and, and shooting shots. That's what we're gonna do. I mean, I mean, Orfe, he's pretty good. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I would say out of the former players that's here, former Huskers players that's here in Texas, I would say Tavy McFarley. He's pro- probably the best. Yeah? Octavius yeah. be beating Warfield up? Yeah, Octavius. What? Yeah, he's pretty good. I, I mean, no lie, he can play. <laughs> really? <laughs> when you look at him in person, you get like you would think he can play, but once he get out on the golf course, he can play. He, he, he's very good. And that's that's saying something because I know I'm quite sure Warfield plays probably double what you guys play. Of course, he plays four times a, a week. Oh man, yeah. Well, you can't get him off the golf course. I can't wait to talk to him. I just can't. I just can't wait. Um, uh, Bryce Bryce says on the on the Soderham text line. Check check in your push-ups, VJ. I'm at a hundred, brother. I'm at a hundred. I'm listen. I'm consistent, and if you stay consistent, you don't have to, you know, worry about things happening because you're consistently doing the push-ups, and it becomes second nature to you. Right. It's when you start something, and then you stop it. It's hard to get back going. So, uh, 2396 says, trust me, my boy Warfield needs to practice. (laughs) 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 I'm just saying, man, as much as Warfield, every time I call Warfield, he's on the golf course. And I'm like, I thought Warfield would have been the best out of the bunch because he plays all the time. Hey man, hey, we got people texting in talking about Warfield need practice. 
Whoever, hey, listen, 2396, whoever you are, you make sure you listen to the show tomorrow because I think Warfield may have something to say about that. <laughs> hey, Joe, when you talk about how close we were as players, as friends, as brothers, why were we close and what did that do? Even now, 20-something years later, the same guys are pretty much still close. Why is that? I mean, because you got to understand, we was young men, and we was this was our first time away from our uh, no family, especially uh, me being from Texas and going all the way up to Nebraska. I mean, it, it, I mean, you guys were my only family that I had away from my family. So, and we spent a lot of time together, and you know, we built a bond and a friendship and we was like our family away from home. So once we built that chemistry and that, that fellowship and that brotherhood, it was something that was, you know, that just sticks. You know, you can't, it's hard to break a solid bond when you know that your brothers fought for you on the football field and also off the field. That's a bond that, that can't be broken. I know you you uh, lost your mom a few years back. How big did your mom? How big of a part did your mom play in your life? Oh man, that 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 hurt me deeply. Um, yeah, my mom. You know, she was a single parent uh, raising three boys. Uh, and she worked and worked and worked and worked. I mean, that's all she did was work to provide. For me and my brothers, and also my my sister who came along uh, once she uh, remarried, got married with who was my stepfather. Um, but yeah, my mama, you know, we struggled a lot growing up. You know, she worked and provided for us. You know, to put a roof over our head and put you know food on the table. And my mom had me when she was 15 years of age, and you know, uh, so she was a, a child raising a child. So we kind of developed like a brother and sister friendship because she was so young, and you know we was like brothers and sisters, even though she was my mother. So it it was my everything, and and when she, you know, passed passed and went went to heaven, um, you know, it, it hurt me deeply because <laughs> you know that that was my ride or die. You know, she was there for me. She had my back, and you know, she's my inspiration. She's my, she's my everything, man. Right, and I lost my mom, RC, my senior year, which would have been your freshman year. And I don't think people really understand um, the struggle um, that a single mother. And my mother was in a wheelchair. She had polio since four years old. So to raise two boys, and I got a twin brother. So shout out to Antoine Jackson, Action Jackson. But to uh, raise two boys, you know, in the in the projects when there were projects in Omaha uh, is a feat in itself. You know, not having a father anywhere, not having that protection of a father. Um, and, and there were probably 75 to 80 percent of us who got recruited to Nebraska, that came to Nebraska, that grew up without fathers in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That is that that takes a toll on young men but leaving and coming here it also helped you to be 
independent. It helped you to understand that you were on your own. Mm-hmm. And even though mom was still there, it pushed us to be more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, more than a conqueror. Well, more than a conqueror. But 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 you know like when you are um, um, something beyond your age, I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But no, it it it, it allowed you to well you had to you had to grow up, develop, grow up, develop a growth. <laughs> I mean, overcome the odds. But what I have learned is that it started as a child when we did not have a father in the household. We were constantly trying to we was fighting against the odds. So over the course of time, fighting against the odds at growing up, you develop a a a mindset of you you're trying you you gonna compete harder because the odds is against you. Like you started from the bottom, so you only can go up. Mm-hmm. So you constantly, you know, overcoming obstacles in your life, and that develop as you get older as a young man. Like now. It's almost like you're developing a killer instinct because at that point you like, I had to break down this wall, I had to knock down this wall, I had to kick this door down, I had to just overcome all the odds <laughs> to get to where I'm at. So you kind of already had the mindset and your mind is already developed that like, look, ain't nothing going to be given to you. You got to go take it. So at this point, you transition that mindset onto the football field. Ain't nothing going to be given to you. You got to go take it. How did you kind of use that to to help with? Because I would imagine you helped raise Bird and your other little yeah. brother. I, I would imagine so. Having to be that big brother, having to be kind of that kind of father figure, if you will, you know, how did that help you become Joe Walker, the football player? I mean, I had to grow. I mean, I never really had. A, I had to grow up fast, like you said. I had younger siblings, and my mother was a child. So I didn't have no father figure. I didn't have no one mentor to guide me or show me what to do. So I had to learn about trials and <laughs> and, and and trials and and tribulation. You know, uh, trying to figure it out for my own. So once I got older, it developed a little more maturity in me as a young man to now understanding in life is that okay you have to grow up fast so now here I am as a young man competing out on my own I always felt like I was out on my own because I never had a father figure so here I am waiting in Nebraska as a young man away from my family and I was still feeling like it's me against the world at all times so I had to grow up fast I had to, wasn't no crying about it. I had to go work for it and fight for it and and compete for it. And it made, I had to grow up, basically. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, like you said, you was in the project. We lived in the project. There wasn't no crying. It was, you know, the best of the best. You know, either you're going to go home crying or you're going to fight back or you're going to compete same way in, in in life as you get to college. It ain't no no crime. You either you're gonna compete on the football field or you gonna, you know, move to the side, next man up. Mm-hmm. And you know, so, 
when you talk about coaching little league football, um, and being that all those little, a lot of those little young men look like they come from the same type of situation that we came from. You know, me starting Nebraska Warriors up in Omaha for four years and then doing the Nebraska Football Academy. DP and Jay Foreman was on earlier and they was talking about why we didn't have a, a little league program. I mean, you got the police program. You, you do have a couple around here. Um, and I look at that and I, I think about the four years that I spent coaching those little league guys and, and, and the bond, you know, I think not having a father enabled us to deal with two, three, four, how many ever people you had in your program, you got in your program now, it enables you to become a father figure to all those young men. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and I am, I mean, I don't have no kids of my own and it's like, you know, those kids that I coach are my kids, you know, and they look up to me as a father even though I'm Coach Joe, but in the same token, their environment where they you know they're in single-parent homes, they don't have a father around. You know, the father may be in jail or you know, uh, whatever the case may be. There's a deadbeat. You know, yeah. Papa you know, was a rolling stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I'm a father figure to a lot of those kids, and they look up to me and, and I give them guidance and insight on on life and what it's going to take, you know, to get to the next level, and just teaching them how to be a productive citizen, you know, not just you don't have to settle for, you know, out here selling drugs or trying to be a game banger. You don't have to settle for that. You can still be a productive citizen, and you still can go get your great education, and if you don't always have to focus on football neither. Everyone is not going to make it to NFL. You know, it's only 1%. The percentage is very small. You know, some of you guys, you need to be engineers or, or a doctor or entrepreneur. Or, or, or own your own an insurance agency. Uh, insurance agency is a variety of things you can do out here. You know, it's not just through sports. And I just try to get give them that information where, you know, their father not present in their home and they can't get the information from their father. So the next close thing is their coach. Uh, so I just try to pour, pour back into the kids and try to help them, you know, shape their future. And, and, and a lot of, again, ticket fans, listen, sometimes as a coach, I had these coaches, you have to pick the kid up, you got to feed the kid, you might even have yeah. to go get him some shoes. You might have yeah. to go get him some clothes. You might have to yep. call him and make sure he's up. You might have to go help mom out. There's things that you have to do as a coach in Little League football, especially in the inner cities, that you might not have to do anywhere else. And so I, I, I take my hat off to you, Joe, for being someone that those young men can look up to, not just because you've been there and done that, but because – you treat them like the young men, the, the, the father that they didn't have. And I know that you have nothing but love for them. The great Eddie Robinson, we went over this earlier, said that if you love the players, if the, the players feel like you love them, they'll do anything for you. Yeah, that's true. They'll do anything for you. So I'm talking with Joe Walker. It's the captain. We're talking all things Nebraska football. We're just talking life stuff. 93.7 The Ticket. We'll be right back. 